It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 Three one three eight one. Four five six seven, or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And we welcome you into the Virtual Bible Study, the 51st Virtual Bible Study for two, in 2011 for December 22nd, 2011. Dad, welcome to the program. Did you count them to make sure this is 51? It should be. We have well, one I more mean, left in the year. Depending on how they hit, you might, you might squeeze 53 in. Well, Did, next can. next year, for instance, there are fifty three Sundays. Oh, I, I, <laughs> you, you know, I know because I've been working up some some schedules oh, for okay. twenty twelve, oh, so okay. I already know that. Oh, I just figure you're planning on an extra sermon there. You get an extra. I don't, shot. I don't, I don't plan that far out. Oh, well, okay, all yeah. right. Well, good to be with you tonight. Great, Jacob. Great to be with and you. Good to be with you on the other end of the line at eight at eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven. Questions at collegeview.com and the chat room as well. If you're watching us live on the program, if you're Listening to us, and uh, that is after the fact, you're listening to our podcast, we still welcome your comments. Uh, if you are listening along and you hear something that you'd like to comment on, send us an email or give us a call at any time. We'd love to hear from you. We've got an interesting program, an important program planned for tonight. Yeah, and we need input from our listeners. Yes, I think a lot, I think a lot of people are probably getting real involved in family activities and so forth and so on as we move toward this big weekend. Uh, but it's good to take just a little time here this evening for Bible study, so Please join in. Get in the chat room. Give us a phone call. Send us your emails. So here's what we're going to talk about, Jacob. Uh, uh, and this is based upon a study that uh, we did here at College View just a couple of weeks ago uh, concerning making our homes happier. What are some of the things that we can do to have happier homes? Uh, I hope everybody would agree that that's, that's an important thing. It is important. I mean, our lives are affected by... Our lives are majorly affected by the conditions in our home life with family and so forth. So um, uh, we're saying we're getting a chat room. We got it. Over. We're good now. Okay, we're, we're good. Got now. our video going yeah, now. We're okay. Good. I don't know if it's the video probably doesn't look good, but uh, it's up there. All right. So anyway, to our update list earlier today, we always remind you. I hope you don't get tired of the reminder. If you're not on our update list, you can easily be so. By sending us an email to questions at collegeview.com, put add me to the list in your subject line, and we'll be glad to do that. To our update list uh, earlier today, we sent out uh, the topic and these questions for consideration. Number one, how or on what basis can we rate whether our homes are happy or not? Mm-hmm. In other words, what's, what's the standard by which we would judge my home life, versus somebody else's versus anybody else's is mine happy what's the what's the standard how do we judge that number two what are the greatest modern day challenges to a happy home i'm i'm inclined to think that uh, in the modern day and age we got some challenges that are many of which are similar to families that have always existed there may be some new ones that are presenting unique challenges to us in the modern day all of them are, will be addressed with Bible answers. I'm confident of yeah. that. But mm-hmm. but there may be some unique things that we're dealing with. Interested so, in hearing that discussion. Number three, what are the common things that often lead to conflict in families? I'd like some scriptures referenced. What, what are some of the things we do that we shouldn't do that causes a problem in our family? Okay. And then number four, what positive things can we work on to improve uh uh, in our homes and make our homes happier. What are some of the things we can work at? We're, co- we're coming up, Jacob, on the new year where people will try to set some goals and priorities, uh, some New Year's resolutions, if you will. Yeah. Concerning our family life, what would be some positive things? I could say, I'm going to work on being better in this way, yeah. and I think it will make my home happier. Uh, so, this is an important discussion. All, th- every one of these. I mean, you, you don't have any fluff in here. These are all good questions. Okay. Not all that right. you normally have fluff, but there's not fluff here. <laughs> okay, right. I'm looking forward to all four of them, and we're looking forward to your comments. We will need your comments uh, to help the discussion tonight at 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. Of course, if you have a perfectly happy family, you can just turn it off right now. 
and you don't need to worry. Yeah, about I'm, I'm, no, watching, no, I'm no. watching to see if anybody goes offline yeah, if they no, think they've got no, a perfect. I get, no, wait, if you have a perfect, we need you here tonight. You well, call that's right. In. Stay right. in. You call in. And we'll, we'll we'll back off and we'll let you up. and let you teach it if you think. All right. Uh, is it? I mean, it is important that our our family life. I, I don't. Maybe people don't put enough focus on this, but the condition of our family uh, and uh, the way that we behave ourselves in family is very important. The people, I think, a lot of people are today are focusing on. The material things, maybe is you know the, you got to provide all this for family, but the relationships in our family are vitally important. That's right. I, I think if I don't, I was just speaking for myself, and I believe the Bible would back this up that if if my family life, if my home life is a disaster, then I'm not really happy. I don't care what else is going on. And you're not uh, qualified, or you're you're not you're hindered in your service to the Lord. It's so much so that uh, that God put qualifications, stipulations on elders and deacons both. That they had to have their family life in order. Exactly right, and uh, and that that indicates to us that if if not, then we can't be the servants that God wants us to be. Exactly. Uh, we got some listeners in the chat room. I see John, who's usually in Oklahoma, is in New Mexico tonight. Okay, good to have John. John on glad to there. Dean is in Texas. Glad to have him. Uh, Jeff is logged in the chat room. He's also behind the board running our controls tonight. I see a listener in Mount Pleasant, Tennessee, and so we've got several in the chat room, and uh, we're glad that you're listening tonight. Uh, we're looking forward to hearing from you on the program tonight. All right, on what basis can we rate whether our homes are happy or not was your first question, and I know the answer to that question. Okay, go ahead. No, right. Again, the question is how or on what basis would we rate whether our homes are happy or not? All right. It depends on how big your house is and how what, what kind of car you drive and uh, and your bank account. So you're saying by material that's, prosperity, uh, yep, you would judge that I have a happy home life because I have a great big house and I drive two really nice new cars. And my kids go to a private school uh, wearing nice clothes. Now, never mind that I've got a, a, a credit card debt that would choke a horse, but, <laughs> yeah, no, no. but I'm happy because i got all this stuff. Right. No, that's uh, you're, you're, that's obviously tongue-in-cheek, Jacob. And, but unfortunately, that's the way that a majority of people in the world would judge whether or not their homes are happy. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's a huge Or mistake. if they're not happy, the solution that a lot of people are seeking is, well, if we just get some more stuff, if we can get a nicer house, then we'll be happy. Okay, so even the people who don't have a lot of stuff would say, I would be happier if I did. Right. Yeah. Uh, so um, that would be one mistaken manner of judging happiness uh i think another mistaken view jacob would be the idea of comparing ourselves to others i know some people who i would tell you i don't know how they go day by day with what's going on in their family life i don't Mm -hmm. know i don't know how they get up in the morning you know it's so discouraging so depressing i mean when you when you learn just a little bit of some of the things that are happening in their lives uh it just makes you shake your head you just can't quite comprehend it and i don't tell you my life is better than that. Yeah, and yeah. so by comparing myself to others, I say, well, I'm I'm doing pretty good then. I, I may, you know, I, I I may have some problems. I may, you know, yell at my wife and kids, and you know, we, we may fight and feud and and you know, do some pretty ugly things. But I'm not as bad as some other people. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's kind of comparing ourselves to other. Course, I think probably our, many of our listeners already know the verse we're going to in Second Corinthians chapter ten, verse twelve. We dare not make ourselves with the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. Paul said that's not a wise thing to do, to try to judge your status based upon a comparison to others. I'm going to tell you that as bad as things are in the world and as as badly as families are deteriorating in our culture, it wouldn't be hard to find people that you would compare Pretty, pretty well to even yeah. if you're in a bad shape you could compare pretty well to a lot of people that's right all right mike in orleans indiana has chimed in he's on sort of on the same wavelength as we are tonight he references proverbs 28 verse 14 which reads happy is the man who is always reverent but he who hardens his heart will fall into calamity mike uh, adds we need to be reminded that true happiness does not come from the material things one may have the health we, that we enjoy the goals we may achieve the titles we may hold etc the reason for all this is that those all those things can be taken from us in a moment. Therefore, uh, though these things may bring us pleasure, there is no lasting happiness in them. 
We, the only true lasting happiness comes from knowing that we are pleasing to God. Because of this, we live life with a clear conscience. Because of this, we can have an inner peace that surpasses anything that the world could offer because we have hope in an eternal life to come. I think Mike is right on. I'd agree with him 100% there um, that happiness comes from being right with God and living as God says. And by comparing ourselves to the absolute standard of God's word, then we can judge whether or not we're really doing the right kind of things. I'm reminded that in the Sermon on the Mount, Jacob, when Jesus, at the very start of the sermon, spoke what we call the Beatitudes, Mm -hmm. the King James starts out... uh, Verse 3, blessed are the poor in spirit, and goes on, blessed, blessed, blessed. Uh, some of the newer versions will say, happy is the man who is. And and the idea is blessed by God. Happy because we're blessed by God. We're blessed by doing the things that God says that we should do. And uh, we know that God's law, God's plan in all aspects is designed for our well-being, and that when we do what he says then our lives are better. Yeah. We often reference Deuteronomy 6, verse 24. Moses told the Israelites, the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes to fear the Lord our God for our good always, that he might preserve us alive as it is this day. God's laws are for our good. Therefore, when we live by his laws, we know that we are, to the extent that we are complying, and as we continue to increase and improve in compliance with God's law for our lives, then we're happier. All right. Along those lines, and to take it further, Mike is focusing, I think, maybe on, I don't think he is, but you could think of it as an individual level. I need to have this peace and clear conscience that knows I'm in a right relationship with God and the happiness that comes from doing his will. But if I want my family to be happy, I need to make sure that I'm encouraging each and every member of my family uh, to be faithful to God as well. And we know there's a lot of unhappiness and sorrow that comes from family members, children maybe, who have not uh, decided to follow. And so so it's not just an individual basis. In other words, especially for those who are husbands and fathers, heads of their families, Mm -hmm. if their family is going to be happy and well, then they need to be getting the whole family to, to submit to God, to do his it will. It needs to be the priority rather than the material. Yeah. Now, Dean in the chat room says, some seem to think that the more secular activities we have, football, soccer, music lessons, etc., the happier we will be. And those well, things seem, tend to well, crowd out God, don't they? What about that? I mean, you know, th- th- this is sort of a, uh, a tight wire to walk because some of those things are good and involvement in some of those things can be actually helpful. Beneficial. Beneficial. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I think we can learn valuable life lessons from from athletic activities, for instance, mm-hmm. and various recreational activities. But the problem with a lot of people is that they let they let themselves become consumed by that. And then and then baseball, youth baseball, for instance, is the be all and the end all. And and we'll miss services to, to make sure our kid goes to his little league game. Uh, or uh, you know uh, uh, we'll forsake spiritual responsibilities so our kids can be in band at school and do everything that the band does. And so, I mean, so again, I think this is a challenge to husbands and fathers to be able to lead and guide in those things, to use them beneficially, but not allow them to become a detriment. That's that's a pretty good challenge in itself. It is, and that you, keeping that focus is uh, is what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. So we got to stay focused on that. So uh, I think we've got the answer to that first one pretty well pinned down, Jacob. I think the answer is we we will know that we are uh, happy. We can judge ourselves by the standard of God's word. That's where we've got to look. In other words, it doesn't matter what the world thinks based upon our material prosperity or other things that we discussed it matters what god says and and if we're wise we'll realize that living like god says is the true way to happiness all right so that's how you judge look at god's word find out how your family is living with respect to god's word and then you'll find out how happy you are truly uh in what matters we're going to take a break and we'll get to these other good questions after the break next up what are the greatest modern-day challenges to a happy home? You got any thoughts about that? Send them in in the chat room. If you're not logged in in the chat room, it's very easy to do. Uh, follow the instructions at the bottom of the chat window. 
in order to sign in. No personal information is required, and you can join in with other listeners there in our discussion tonight. Don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible Study continues right after this. Don't touch that mouse. The Virtual Bible Study will be back right after this. Do you remember when elders, deacons, preachers, Bible class teachers, and all church members had a strong commitment to the Word? Do you recall when you could always count on book, chapter, and verse preaching from the pulpit? Can you think back to a time when Christians were known as people of the book because they knew their Bible so well? We're trying to be like a church you read about in the Bible, and we're still doing the same things that you remember from way back when. Are you longing for a return for the way things used to be? Come and visit. See for yourself at the College View Church of Christ. Here's some quotes worth pondering. Without hard work, nothing grows but weeds. Do more than belong, participate. Do more than care, help. Do more than believe, practice. Do more than be fair, be kind. Do more than forgive, forget. Do more than dream, work. The longer we dwell on our misfortunes, the greater is their power to harm us. The measure of a man's real character is what he would do if he knew that he would never be found out. Man, I wish I'd said that. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the well, Father by Him. Oh. Colossians three seventeen. Now back to the program. Uh, you, yeah, you're commenting that we we did lose one. I guess that the person with the happy, the perfectly happy home left us. That one we said he could leave if he oh. if he had everything ironed no, out sure in his family his life. Yeah. He, he he went ahead and left. So we're down. I know our logins are down one. All right. all right. So we continue. What we're talking about is things. Pertaining to our homes, how can we have happier homes? I hope that that this would be a priority to everybody. I hope that everybody would think that, yeah, I want to, I want to ensure that. I want to improve on that. This is one of those aspects, and there are so many in our lives as Christians, wherein we can never say, well, I've got that mastered. I've covered that. That that I've got that base completely covered. I don't have to uh, think about it anymore. Mm-hmm. What are some of the greatest challenges you see? Then? All right, what are some of the greatest modern-day challenges to let's a happy look, home? Let's get Mike's uh, input on that. Get busy uh, in the chat room, too. What do you see as modern-day challenges to a uh, happy home? Oh, let's see what the challenges are in Indiana and see if there are anything like they are in Tennessee. Though there are many challenges to the modern home, Mike says. If I had to choose two from the top of my list would include spiritual a- apathy and materialism. The two may be related, he said. Spiritual apathy is a problem even among Christians. Let's be honest, most of us could do better making God first in our lives. One of the reasons we may not always do that is because of the multitude of distractions but uh, that take our, our minds away from serving him. How much time do we spend texting, playing video games, surfing the net, watching television, talking on the telephone, listening to music, playing or watching sports, etc., 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 compared to the amount of time we spend in prayer and worship, studying our Bibles, and simply meditating on spiritual things. My guess would be that those spiritual activities would come in a distant second place to the other activities mentioned. It is our materialistic mindset that drives us to buy expensive televisions, the movies, the video games, the texting plans, etc. Of course, I'm not trying to argue that a Christian must abstain from doing any of those activities, but my argument is that these activities consume far too much of our time. It would seem to me that the greatest challenge uh, that the home has to, uh, today is to simply discipline ourselves to make God the center of our lives and to let all of these other activities become a peripher- peripheral activities instead of the other way around. Yeah, again, I think Mike is right on with his answer there. You know, compare our lives to our ancestors of not that long ago. Uh, just a Two or three generations ago, people worked from sunrise to sunset just to eke out a living. Yeah. When it got dark at night, they went to bed because they were worn out from a hard day's work. Right. Uh, but we, as, especially probably since World War II in America, we've, we have become the generations of leisure. Yeah, we, we, unbelievable. We don't have to work as hard, and we have a lot more time, discretionary time to spend, and I've, I'm, I'm in agreement with with uh, Mike's uh, evaluation is that that's become a distraction to us. We get so wrapped up in those things that we don't follow God and we don't do His will as carefully as we should, and uh, it, it, it it's damaging to our personal lives and to our family lives. And uh, the uh, the attitude of many today is that we've got to be entertained all the time. That it's got to be something really exciting and you know really gets our 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 blood flowing. And so what what do we do? We 
we actually, in our families, we isolate ourselves from one another. There's Johnny. He's over there playing a video game. There's little Susie over there. She's texting some of her friends. Mm-hmm. Here's Dad over here. He's he's checking on his uh, business and email on the computer. Right. And Mom is watching her favorite TV show. And and, and they're all in different rooms. They, they, well, they might all be in the same room, but they're not they're not in touch with one another. Yeah. They're not even communicating with one another. And so the family, uh, as such, hasn't interacted. And, and and there's no strength. There's no there's no binding or bonding that's taking place there because of these modern-day distractions that would would not have existed not that very long ago. Well, and uh, and who's uh, who's setting the uh, the focus or the uh, who's instructing and training our children in that scenario? Yeah, in that scenario, the the parents are not doing the instruction. The the media is of of one form or another, and and I don't think we have to warn anybody about the dangers of letting the worldly people in the media have the the controlling influence in our families. But unfortunately, that's what's happening in a lot of instances. Well, your discussion there and your your portrayal of the modern-day family brought to mind another passage, Deuteronomy chapter 6, beginning verse 6, And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. Thou shalt teach them diligently to thy children. Thou shalt talk of them when thou settest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. The instruction to the Israelites was you talk to your children about God. And and you, you see a picture here of parents and children interacting constantly throughout the day. And the picture that you just painted is uh, we have parents and children who really don't even talk to each other. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. It, and it, and, and at all you... the times that Moses said you ought to be talking about God's word and will, at all of those times, instead what we're doing is we're interacting with the media somehow or another. Right. We're not spending time together. We're not talking to our children. Uh, John mentions, he says, that, that brings it to the heart, lack of communication, which is the cause of many problems in all relationships, but especially within the family. Okay. I think that's exactly right. Uh, and and I, I often bring this point up, Jacob, as you well know, and uh, Jeff will know too, because I make this comment in our classes and so forth all the time. Satan's got to be loving the opportunity that he has through all these new toys. I mean, right. uh, it's it's great for him because, I mean, these are all different little avenues that he can use to encroach upon our lives, to present temptations to us, to, to get to us to forget, us. to distract us, get us to forget God. Satan's got to be loving that. He's got a whole new arsenal of, of weapons to use that didn't exist. And, and I would challenge fathers in particular, you got to have your eyes open because if you're if you're not aware of the fact that these things can be very damaging. Again, I'm with Mike. I'm not saying you can't. I'm not saying you can't have cell phones. Not saying you can't have video games. Not saying you can't have computers or TVs or whatever. But man, you you got to let let them be at your disposal instead of you be at their disposal. You run them; they don't run you, and that's not happening a lot. Uh, cases. All right, eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven. Questions at collegeview.com. Jeff is behind the controls tonight. Jeff, you sent in a comment uh, that you see a challenge uh, to families today. Yes, um, the roles in the home are being reversed. I mean, um, it's not politically correct anymore for the husband to be head of the house and the wife to submit to the husband. That's become s- sort of old philosophy in, all, in our day and time. I think you're exactly right, Jeff, and there is a lot of and may, Who would have ever thought just not that many years ago that you'd ever uh, be uh, talking about the, the husband staying home and the wife going to work? You know, stay-at-home dad while the wife goes and works, and the, the, the husband does the house cleaning and the cooking and the laundry while the, the wife goes and earns a living. Who would have ever dreamed that it could be like that? But I think you're right. Role reversals are, are happening. We would... We'd like to think that couldn't happen, but it has. And that, and and you saying that, Jeff, reminded me of another point that I think is got to be way up on the list of modern day challenges to a happy family and a successful family, and that's working women, mm-hmm. which is again a relatively new phenomenon. When I'm talking about women working outside of the home, and you're talking about some matters of judgment here as well. There's some judgment involved in that, but that, but any husband and wife mother and father, who don't see that this is something that needs to be considered, they, they, they're not thinking right. They, I mean, I'm not saying that it's wrong in every instance, but I'm saying if you think that, there's, that that doesn't 
present extra challenges, then you're just kidding yourself. Unfortunately, Jacob, through the years, I've been called in to try and help in situations where families were in desperate condition. Either the husband and wife were having terrible marital trouble or or in addition to that, they're having horrible trouble with their kids. Their kids are just out of control and so forth. I got to tell you, I'm, I'm, and this is just a personal observation, and I'm not, I'm not basing this on, um, I'm not basing this on, you know, government statistics from the Census Bureau. I'm just saying, in a vast majority of the cases, like 99% of the cases, 99% of the cases, one commonality of families in trouble is working moms. Yep. Now, I'm not saying that you can't that the wife can't work outside. I'm not saying that. I'm not trying to legislate a law that the New Testament doesn't legislate. But I want to tell you, you, you uh, moms and dads, you got to take that into account. That goes back to the part we were saying earlier: is that we've gotten so materialistic, we we need that double income. Yeah. If I'm going to have that new car every year, and if I'm going to go on that fancy vacation every year, I need my wife working so we can bring in more income, and that's a mistaken priority. It is. And again, you're not saying that it is wrong in every circumstance, but we do have to be reminded of biblical principles along these lines that tell us what the role of women needs to be in the house. First passage that comes to mind is Titus chapter 2, verse 4, beginning. The older women were to teach the younger women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Women have been given the role, and they've not been given the role uh, to provide materially for their family necessarily. They have been given the role of being keepers at home, to, to be homemakers and to be uh, working at home, and a lot of, of women are sacrificing that. Uh, my understanding there in Titus is the, the, the phrase keepers at home. Uh, that does not mean that the woman can never go outside the confines of the four walls of her house. Or do work outside of the house. And it doesn't mean that she can't have a job outside the house, but this is her assignment that she cannot forsake if I've always said if a, if a wife and mother takes a job outside the home, she needs to see that as her second job. She always has a first job that she can't neglect. Now, she may take on a second job, but she can't neglect that first job. I under, that, that expression, keepers at home, I understand to mean literally a manager of the house. She's, she manages the household. She takes care of things at home uh, and makes sure it keeps Operating properly. Another passage that gives us that same sentiment is First Timothy chapter five, verse fourteen, talking to younger widows. Uh, Paul says, "I will therefore that the younger women marry, bear children, guide the house, give none occasion to the adversary to speak reproachfully. They're to guide the house." Again, that that's that sounds an awful lot like a full time job to me. Yeah, you know, we Believe could go back to the Old Testament, the familiar passage in Proverbs thirty one of the virtuous woman. Now she was doing some things outside of that, outside of the physical confines of her house. But she was clearly managing the affairs of her family and yep. seeing to it that things got done that needed to be done. I'm telling you, if if women work outside the home, far too often what happens is that those things get shoved to the back burner. Necessary, important things in the family get get uh, the, the short end of the stick, and it it, it hurts. Now they tie that back into our fam- uh, our discussion tonight of the idea of having a happy family when. Women are not assuming that role, and men are not assuming their role as well. The family's going to suffer. It's not going to be as happy as it should be. Exactly right. All right. All right, so we've uh, we've got some, some real modern-day challenges. Let's, uh, let's but, temper that this last discussion, though. These, we're not, there's no, we're no blanket condemnation against women who might have a job outside the home. That's right. And we're not trying to legislate where, where the Lord has not. We're just saying you got to take these factors into consideration if... Your family, the happiness and the well-being of your family is a priority. Then you got to take these things in consideration. And if you're not, then you're not you're not really being realistic. And again, having the extra finances in order to be able to take the nice vacation, to have the nicer home or the nicer car, those things aren't going to make you happier. That was the first point. And so, if, if women, if we're if we're sacrificing these other God-given duties so we can have those nicer things in life, then we've got a wrong perspective. I think you're right. Okay. All right, we're up to uh, break time. When we come back, we, we want to start getting into some nuts and bolts here, Jacob. Uh, our next question is, what are the common things that often lead to conflict in the family? Mm. 
And I think the Bible addresses some of those things in particular. All right, we'll take a break, and we'll get that discussion on the other side. Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study continues right after the bullet point. These guys are doing all of the talking. We need to hear from you. Call in now. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's bullet point. It's been suggested that the Lord's Supper is the most important act of worship and that the assemblies of the earliest Christians were conducted primarily for the purpose of observing this memorial. Based upon this supposition, some congregations are spending the majority of their time on activities centered on the communion. First, no one would deny that the Lord's Supper is an important activity for all Christians. Its importance should never be minimized. Each disciple should understand the value of his sincere participation on every first day of the week. Our question is this, how can we rate one act of worship as more important than any other? For example, if we met together on Sunday, partook of the communion, included several appropriate prayers, and then dismissed the assembly, would this be enough? What about the singing of song? What about the preaching of the word? What about contributing of our financial blessings? All of these are also authorized and necessary acts of worship. To eliminate any of them on the first day of the week would render our worship incomplete. Thus, all are essential, and we wonder why there would be an effort to label one as more important than the others. Trying to identify one act of worship as more vital than the others is like asking, on your car, which is more important, the engine, the transmission, or the wheels and tires? Obviously, each is critical to the successful operation of the vehicle, and leaving any one off would result in a failure of the whole. The same is true of our assemblies. Each act shares equally in making our worship scriptural. If Christians have been neglecting to earnestly participate in the Lord's Supper, or if any have been guilty of simply going through the motion when it comes to the communion, then let us immediately correct these problems. But to artificially designate this single act of worship as more important than all others cannot be sustained. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. My name is Jack Coleman, a member of the College View Church of Christ. We're glad you're listening to the virtual Bible study, and we hope you'll tell others about the program. We're always open to your feedback concerning topics for discussion and suggestions as how we can make the program more effective. Drop us a line at questions at collegeview.com or call us toll-free at 877-381-4567. A streaming Bible study. Why didn't I think of that? Now back to the guys. We're back on the program tonight, and we're glad that you're here as well. As we talk about uh, things that uh, will lead to happier homes, God wants us to have happy homes, and uh, he's given us instructions on how to do that. We're looking at some of those instructions on the program tonight. If you have any thoughts about what we've been talking about, uh, the best way for your thoughts to be heard is to give us a call. It is toll-free, and the line is open, 877-381-4567. We can take your emails as well, and uh, we can take your comments in the chat room tonight. Dave, before we go further in our discussion, I might mention something that we have mentioned on the virtual Bible study in previous years. Oh, <laughs> the yes. church here publishes a Bible reading calendar uh, this time every year. Mm-hmm. We've done it again this year. This will be, in fact, this is the eleventh one we've we've published. It's, it's I think, a uh, a good, a unique uh, reading schedule. It was uh, originally organized by Mark Roberts. Some of you who are listening will know that name. Uh, preaches in Texas. We really like it, and we try to encourage our members here to use it every year and read through the Bible each year. We've got those printed, and if you'd like to get a copy, uh, in fact, one listener remembered already and, oh, wow. and asked me, but uh, we haven't mentioned it on air. So if you'd like a, a copy of our Bible reading calendar, if you'll, if you'll send me an email, questions at collegeview.com, and put in the subject line, well, no, I need more than that. I need more than just the subject line. Uh, in the body of the text, give me your snail mail address so that I can get those out by postal service. Uh, just uh, say, send me your Bible reading calendar and give me your snail mail address. All right, and that is, uh, that's a unique schedule. It uh, is easier to keep up with, only five days a week of reading. That's right. We read five days a week. gives you a couple days to catch up on the weekend if you get behind, and, and uh, it's real doable. Uh, and it... Uh, the ones here at College View who do it love it, and it's make it an important part of every day's activity. All right, how much do those calendars cost? Absolutely free. We'll get them to you if you just, just send cost us you. An email. They cost you an email. Yeah, whatever email costs. Yep. All right, there you go. Well, send us an email if you'd like one of those calendars. We're talking about happy homes tonight, and what it takes to have a happy home, and we're to question number three that you posed earlier in the day. What are common things that often lead to conflict in our families and we're to cite scriptures that condemn these things? Mike in Orleans, Indiana, 
cites two passages, Hebrews 13, verse 5, and Philippians chapter 4, verse 1. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have, for he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And then Philippians chapter 4, verse 11. I have learned in whatsoever state I am to be content. Mike goes on and says, Studies I have read cite financial difficulty, not infidelity, as the number one factor leading to divorce. This fact would support my answer to question number two when I stated that materialism is a major problem in homes across America for both Christians and non-Christians. When materialism becomes a factor within a family, they may become tempted to spend beyond their means. When that happens, financial worries bring about stress, resulting in conflict. Of course, when God is not first in our lives, living godly as he would have us uh, to live will become less likely as well. This may equate to a partial or total failure of applying any of God's principles for the home. So Mike uh, references that covetousness idea as well as being a common thing, and the statistics would back him up yeah, on that. Yeah. It is a common thing and not something I had thought about. I think he's exactly right. I, I, I agree with his with his conclusion that studies cite financial difficulty as the number one factor leading to divorce. And so what does that say? If divorce is the absolute breakdown of a family and the opposite of a happy, successful family, then that's saying you got to control your finances. You can't be driven by materialism to go out and spend and in debt yourself and you know ruin your family because you just wanted more things. Yeah, that's true. So would, that, would my family be happier? Would my family be happier if I went out and bought that new car and obligated myself to an almost five hundred dollar a month payment? Or would they have been happier if I? Still driving that old car, and and I wasn't stressed out constantly to wondering if I was going to be able to make my next house payment, my next car payment. You got to believe my family would be happier if we were driving in an older car, and I didn't have the stress of of worrying whether I was going to make my payments or not. That's true. That's true. Uh, and uh, that's something we must consider. And you know, now that's Mike's citing statistics on divorce. But I, what about uh, you? Know, there are a lot of unhappy families where no divorce ever occurs. Yeah, and yeah. There, and there are other things that cause uh, conflict and, and problems as well. Yeah, and, and we—I think that's a good point, Jacob. We wouldn't want to say that your family's okay just as long as you haven't hit the divorce court. Right, right. There's a lot of families that are in horrible shape. They just haven't chosen to go to divorce court. They just toughen it out. They just—they're just gritting their teeth and and. And, uh, you know, there are uh, lots of families who have no financial problems who are still unhappy. Yeah, so financial trouble is not the only thing wrong. If I was going to, and this probably dovetails pretty well with what Mike was saying there, but if I was going to put a root cause on a lot of trouble in families, I I would say selfishness, Jacob. i got to believe that selfishness is one of the great inhibitors to a happy home life. Me, me, me. It's about me. And I get mad if I don't get my way. If 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 I have to if I have to be inconvenienced, or if I have to go out of my way to do something for some other family member, it just really rubs me wrong. I want it the way I want it, and I want it now. Is the outlook that leads to trouble everywhere, and it certainly leads to trouble in the family. Well, it leads to trouble in the church when people think that the church is there to serve them, and there are many who believe their family is there to serve them and their desires, and uh, they're not interested in serving their family. This flies in the face of so many different uh, passages that we could cite. Probably the most uh, uh, familiar one is Philippians chapter 2, verse 4. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Verse 3, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Probably no place uh, more crucial that we do that than in our family. I think so. I, uh, I'm reminded in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, when Paul was describing what true love was like, he mm-hmm. says, true love does not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own. Yes. So in other words, if I love my family, if I love my wife, if I love my children, then my selfish personal interest is not my first consideration. I don't seek just my own interest. I'm concerned about what's best for them. So, uh, I, as I said, I think if you could boil down a lot of, of situations, that selfish outlook uh, is is a root cause of lots of problems in the family. And so, 
what that tells you is if you want a happy family, then you need to eliminate that. You need to eliminate that selfish outlook on things. And what if someone says, you know, I'll be unselfish if my spouse will be unselfish, but if they're not going to be unselfish, I'm not. Yeah, gonna... she uh, she never does anything for me. Yeah. She's she always just taking care of herself. So I might as well look out for myself. So I'm just going to, if that's the way she's going to be, then that's the way I'm going to be. And we'll just all just go do our own thing and we'll just have, in other words, I, I'm not worried about what she wants. I just want what I want. And she seems to have that same outlook, so we'll just go to war over it. And it's okay. If she's going to act that way, it's all right for me to act that way. Yeah. It's a downward uh, spiral. Yeah, that, that that's a train wreck right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's a train wreck. All right. All right, so selfishness. Uh, so uh, adding what Mike said, materialism or financial woes. Materialism that leads to financial woes is a, a, is something we got to avoid. Selfishness is something that we have got to avoid. Um when we need some chat in the chat room, surely you all who are in the chat room and who are listening have some suggestions of things that you need to get rid of if you want a happy home. I'm going to add in there, Jacob, you got to be careful about being uh, a fault finder. And that, but that's a two-edged sword. I think we've got to kind of explain what we mean there. I, I don't want to suggest that you should overlook... Um, Sins and things that that are wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, those things have to be addressed. And and so if if I see somebody in my family who's engaged in things that they should not be engaged in, I I can't just look the other way. But on the other hand, I need to be careful about just picking at everything, especially in in matters of judgment. Just picking at everything that the other person does. Uh, nobody likes that, and that cannot produce a good situation. All right, uh, probably everyone's thinking about Matthew chapter 7, beginning verse 1 now. Judge not that you be not judged, for with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged, and with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to, to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, and considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? How will I say to thy brother, let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, the, a beam is in thine own eye? Or we could use the word, uh, verse 5, thy hypocrite first cast out the beam out of thine eye, then thou may see clearly to cast the mote out of thy brother's eye. We could use the word speck there in the word in the place of mote. Uh, a beam in our eye and a, and a speck in uh, someone else's I, eye. I think it's interesting there that the, Jesus didn't say overlook the speck in your brother's eye. Yeah. But he said take care of your own problem first, then you'll be in a better position to be able to help the other person get get the speck out of there. I don't know if Jesus was alluding to this or not, but it it, it appears that from what he his his illustration there that it, it may be easier to see that speck in someone else's eye versus the beam uh, in my eye. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Jeff, you mentioned something that I think that, that is in play there in the text that that Jacob just read. Oh, there we go, Jeff. Um, setting double standards or being hypocritical. Yeah, that that. That would be implied in what Jesus said, don't you think? I yeah. mean, I've got this huge, big problem. I've got a beam sticking out of my eye, but I want to address my, this other person in my family. They got they got something wrong now. They got something wrong. But here I am. I'm such a hypocrite. I I'm, I I don't take care of my own problems, but I expect better of them. That doesn't work. That never works. No, it doesn't. All right. So but again, uh, but if you're living with you know you're living with the family all the time, you're going to be able to see these these. These flaws and uh, well, that's the thing, you know. In our families, we we know each other better than anybody else knows us. You know, I might be able to to deceive the general public. I might be able to hide my faults from uh, even members of the local congregation mm-hmm. where I worship. But my family sees me in my unguarded moments. They right. know what I'm really like. Right. Uh, so yeah, that, that so be careful on the fault finding. Uh, scale. All right, John is uh, in Arizona tonight with some good comments. He says something we've already touched on, but not uh, studying the Word of God together. Acts 17, verse 11, would lead to uh, difficulties and conflict in our family. He says, as we study and learn the Word of God together, we grow closer together. Okay. So a failure to have proper spiritual priorities, if you sort of generalize what John said, I think that's right. Uh, and that goes to some of our previous comments. You know, we get so involved with all the other activities of life, we don't make time for God. So okay. I, I think you're right, John. All right. Uh, you know, uh, probably um, another thing that would cause some problems in families would be the the way that we talk to each other. Yeah. Um, I, uh, when we were talking about this uh, recently, I, I was reminded of that song, 
that we sing angry words oh let them never mm-hmm. from the tongue from the lips or from the tongue unbridled flow yeah brightest links of life are broken by a single angry word are you going to sing uh, that for us no no i won't sing okay but uh but that song really makes a point that you know if we're not careful with what we say we can certainly do a lot of harm and again in our families we we, we are guilty often of talking to one another in ways that we wouldn't talk no, to a total stranger. We wouldn't want people to hear the way we talk to each other sometimes. You know, it'd be embarrassing if you were out at Walmart and you addressed a total stranger in the way that you address your family members sometimes, people would be shocked. It'd be embarrassing. Yeah. But we do it at home with people we love the most, and that's just so backwards. That's, it's just uh, that, that we, we really got to be careful about our words. Uh, Ephesians 4.29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And it's not just talking about the curse words here in Ephesians 4, verse 29. It's talking about everything that we say. It needs to be in accordance with God's word, and it needs to be designed to encourage and build up our family rather than to attack, belittle, and destroy our family. Yeah, Proverbs 15.1, a soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. That's just the way it is. All right. We're, we're up to break time, Jacob. We, uh, we've probably got a lot more to cover here as we go to the top of the hour. We'll probably better take our last break. Last break, we go to the top of the hour. We could, we could talk about this for several more hours, but we're going to have just a few minutes left when we get back. We'll need to get into some things that the Scriptures tell us uh, on a positive light to help make our homes better. We'll talk about that on the other side. We'll look forward to your comments in the chat room, on the phone, or over email for the remaining minutes of the program. Don't go anywhere. We'll go to the top of the hour right after this. You won't want to miss what we talk about next. The discussion continues right after these important messages. Tonight on Channel 8 WSIN, it's TV like you've never seen it before. Starting at 8, it's TV's funniest new comedy, Fornication in the City, and Marie has been misbehaving again. Guess what? I just cheated on my husband. He doesn't even know about it. (laughs) And then at 8.30, it's the show that's setting the standard. You won't want to miss this week's I Love This World, where Bob makes a great announcement. Well, I think it's time you knew the truth. I'm gay. (laughs) And at 9 o'clock, it's the show that Television Magazine has called the number one drama for murder and violence. You won't want to miss this week's In Cold Blood to see who will be the next to be gunned down. It all starts tonight at 8 o'clock on Channel 8 WSIN. I'm Greg Gwynn reminding you that sin is a terrible thing and that those who are entertained by watching others sin fall under the condemnation of God that is mentioned in Romans 128. Be careful what you watch on television because in spite of what the devil wants you to think, sin is always sin and it's never funny. We're tracking the trends on the virtual Bible study. A survey of American college freshmen in 1973 found that 10.1% indicated they had no religious preference. In 2007, it had risen to 19.4%. That's via the Higher Education Research Institute. God's Word says, Remember now thy Creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. Ecclesiastes 12, verse 1. Broadcasting around the world with truths that are out of this world. The virtual Bible study. Take it away, guys. Nice, well, not nice trends, but uh, that was interesting. Trend. We're going to try to add it's a little... sort of discouraged, it's sort of depressing, though, right here at the end of the program. We're going to try to add a little trend, uh, societal trends, we'll add that little blurb to uh, our program each week. Yeah. People are going to be crying when they quit listening to the program. Though. All right, what can well, we do we positive? that with the joy the program's over with. We would sort of temper it with some of these bad trends. Uh, well, we'll see. All right, okay, well. what can we do positively? Uh, Jeff is behind the controls with some comments on... Uh, Jeff, you had an interesting thought. Kick that off here for us, because I think some, some listeners might want to join in. Yes, I think y'all can explain this better than I can, but um, I believe the word love is used so loosely nowadays um the fact love you know you just say that it becomes just a word and what it's talking about in first corinthians 13 is more action is involved it's not just saying it it's showing it and doing working at it it takes effort yeah i think you're exactly right and Jeff. It's, yeah it's going to be something that, yeah it's, it's going to be a lifelong uh, if we really love our family then we're willing to put forth the effort to make things what they ought to be in our family i think you're right okay. Jeff. All right. What are some things that we can do on a positive note? We've got, we got uh, Mike's uh, email from 
uh, Indiana, who done a lot of good work for us tonight, and he says, uh, he says, make spiritual things a top priority. Study and meditate on God's word. Notice this Old Testament principle, Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then will you make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Uh, so he says, study and meditate on God's word. Engage in prayer. First Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. Put God first in your life, Matthew twenty two thirty seven. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Mm-hmm. Put others first. Put others before self. I think I would add, you shall love your neighbors as yourself, Matthew twenty two thirty nine. Place God's kingdom, the church, first in our lives, Matthew six thirty three. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. If a family had so much focus on these and other spiritual activities and applied them, when would we have time for carnal minded activities that tear us apart mm-hmm. good good work mike and we appreciate your comments i think you're right on uh yes mike uh, uh so I, I had that on my list uh, i i didn't go into the detail that that uh, mike did but i said you got to put god first that's sort of a, a huge umbrella statement jacob put god first because really it covers everything you put god first then you're going to be doing the things that God tells you to do. And when you do the things that God tells you to do individually and as families, everything goes well for He's us. He's promised to give us everything that we need, and we need a happy home, a successful home. He's promised us that we'll have one if we'll put him first. Yeah, exactly right. Um, I, I think uh, that covers it. But uh, to be a little more specific, some things that we could add, Jacob, we've got to be willing to forgive one another. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm convinced that if we work on forgiveness, true, legitimate forgiveness for our family members, our, ha- our families will be happier. Because if I'm bitter, if I'm carrying a grudge, if I, uh, it, it's going to be unhappy. And the fact of the matter is that in our families, those are the people that we're called upon to forgive most often. Yep. You know, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 17, uh, he said... Uh, verse 3, take take heed to yourselves. If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. And if he repent, forgive him. And if he trespass against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turn again to thee, saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. Who Who's the person in this world that I'm most likely to need forgiveness from seven times in a day? Yeah, be your, your family members. Yeah, my wife is, is the one that, that I, you know, uh, it's a very real possibility. It's very <laughs> unlikely. It's very unlikely that there's anybody else yeah. that I would have to go to seven times a day and say, I'm sorry, please forgive me. But it is completely within the realm of positive. It's not an exaggeration. Uh, you know, Jesus may have been speaking there in terms of hyperbole or exaggeration for emphasis. Yeah. But in our families, it, it's not hyperbole. It no. may actually happen. And so we've got to be, we've got to work at forgiving. That's going to make our families happier. Absolutely, we've got to forgive. And closely associated that I think would be with uh, we need to be open in our communication with our family. Yeah, a lot we, of times we don't. Uh, if we don't communicate, then those uh, those hard feelings are going to accumulate. We gave the uh, uh, scenario earlier that you know everybody might be sitting in the same room, but each is doing something. Some modern technology has provided an avenue for them all to be doing something and not interacting with one another right. at all. Yeah, uh, that's a mistake. And I got to tell you, I, I think a heavy in, in a lot of the things that we have said tonight. I think that there is a heavy burden placed upon the father, the head of the family, to regulate those kind of things. It's easier to just let it be so. Mm-hmm. Let those things babysit the kids. Yeah. Let everybody be occupied with something, and then, and then they don't impinge on my. Time. Yeah, that goes back to the selfishness point. Yeah, uh, but we can't do that. Uh, uh, reminded of James one verse nineteen. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. You need to be swift to hear. Uh, you, communications involved not just saying something; it means listening to what the others are saying to be swift to hear. All right. Well, another thing that I think is a problem with our families is we're not thankful enough. For our family and for the, the blessings that God has given us through that, yeah, gratitude is going to uh, is necessary. You know, if I have something that I'm really grateful for, I take care of it. You know, because uh, my, my gratitude for a thing 
uh, indicates my appreciation of it. For instance, if someone gave me an expensive gift and I was very grateful, I wouldn't just, you know, throw it over in the corner. I'd I'd take care of it. I'd set it up and, you know, put it in a in a, a protected place. Well, things we're grateful for we take care of. Mm-hmm. And our family is something that we ought to be grateful for. Uh, and take care of them because we are grateful for wives, husbands, children, parents. Uh, Colossians 3.15, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Let the peace of God rule in your families, we might add, too. To which also you're called in one body, and be ye thankful. Mm. Be thankful. The peace of God there is linked with being thankful. All right. If you'd like to sneak your comments in, the number to call is 877-381-4567. The email address to use is questions at collegeview.com. And we'd like to hear from you if you have thoughts along these lines. What are some things that we can do, instructions from God's Word, that will help us to have a happier home? One of the things we haven't talked about, Jacob, that we need to comment about, and and this is a big thing in families, and we'd be negligent not to comment on the idea of discipline. If you're gonna, you've got to work on positive discipline. Uh, uh, again, it'd be easier to overlook that, but certainly the Bible tells us that we have to exercise discipline. There's so many comments in the in the Proverbs that say that if we love our children, we will discipline them. Uh, Hebrews 13:5 says that God loves us and therefore chastens us. That, that a father who doesn't love his children doesn't discipline them, yeah, uh, and and that's a big that's a big letdown in our society. Many children are being raised with no discipline at all, and I'm going to tell you, I have known Jacob, you have known Jeff, you have known situations where parents didn't discipline their children, and because of it, they paid a mighty price uh, when those children got older. The, their family's situation just becomes completely unworkable because they didn't love enough to discipline. And, uh, you know, there are lots of prob- passages in the Proverbs that come to mind. One of those being, as we talk about a happier home, Proverbs 29, verse 17, Correct thy son, and he shall give thee rest. Yea, he shall give delight unto thy soul. So they're, they are connected. And, and if, if you, you dis- don't, yeah, they, no they, rest. The inverse is true, yes. Exactly right. So uh, certainly working... Uh, in the matter of discipline, but you know, uh, we've, we've we've sort of touched on this too. I got to discipline myself if I if as a, a, a husband and father, if if my family sees that I'm not disciplining myself, then they're not going to respect any discipline that I would try to direct in in their way. Right. So I got to be a self-disciplined person. Right. And each person in the in the family needs to be self-disciplined. The parents need to be self-disciplined. They need to discipline their children so that their children grow up to be able to discipline themselves. Paul said in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 9, verse 27, I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Paul said, I have to even discipline myself. If he did, we certainly have to. All right, certainly we do. And uh, perhaps the uh, the last way uh, that we could, uh, well, not I mean, not the last way, but the last way time, Last thing we have time for tonight is uh, we need to show our love. Yeah, and we've talked quite a bit. Jeff mentioned a minute ago, 1 Corinthians 13. Work at all the aspects of true love as Paul described them there in 1 Corinthians 13. That's, that ought to be a passage that family members meditate on with some regularity. 1 Corinthians 13, chapter, chapter 13, verses 4 through 7. Uh, the characteristics of true love. They are they are very needed if we're going to have happy homes. Got to work on it. Gotta it's not going to come natural. Yeah, if you don't pay attention to it, it'll never happen. You know, the idea that is portrayed in the movies and on television is perhaps that you, you just uh, you find the right person, you get married, and then it's um, butterflies and daisies the rest of your life. Yeah, never happens. Doesn't work like that, does it? Yeah. If it did, everybody would all- be happy. Or there wouldn't be all these instructions in the Bible about how to have a happy family. You know, and I, I think the thing of it is, we see so much information in the Bible. Clearly, God understands the importance of it and gave guidance to accomplish it. We just need to be wise enough to follow His guidance. All right, and if we do follow His guidance, we'll be blessed. As a result, our families will be happier. We appreciate uh, the discussion tonight, Dad. Thank you for uh, a good study. Thanks, Jacob. All right, uh, we plan to be back here next week for the last edition. For this year. For this year. Right. 
And, Jeff, thank you for being behind the controls. We appreciate you for taking time to join us on the program tonight, and we hope you'll make plans to be back here this time next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired word of the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 9.30 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.